subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after show shooting the breeze welcome to the cool explorations podcast i'm your host tony peters today we will be talking to dr tanya painter and uh, she's had some health struggles throughout her life and god has still helped her get through those health struggles um and we'll also discuss her not only her journey but her switch from being a, a normal doctor to being a naturopathic doctor and what that has been like as well she'll discuss uh, just how to deal with some of these health issues that you might have so today we on the cool expressions podcast have a special guest we have dr tanya painter uh, painter is that how you pronounce your last name yes sir perfect uh so why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself and uh what you are doing right now sure so uh, as you as you mentioned, um, my name is Tanya Painter. I'm a naturopathic doctor, and um, currently I've been in practice for uh, about a decade now. And I'm currently specializing in uh, helping women with chronic migraines to um, learn how to control them so that they can basically learn to or get their lives back. You know. Um, and so, I mean, how, how much do you want to know about my past? Just how I got into this or? Yeah. Yeah. Basically the rundown of how you got into your being a doctor and what inspired that. Yeah. Uh, it actually starts way back in fourth grade. I, um, I remember sitting in my little desk and having an outline of the human body and just being fascinated of all the different systems that were working in there. And from, from that day on, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. So that was kind of always the plan. Uh, I didn't know anything about naturopathic medicine until, um, right before I was applying for med school and, um, my mom had told me, Hey, you know, there's this thing called naturopathic doctor. Have you ever heard of that? And I was like, no, what is that? And basically, you know, it, it was the exact kind of medicine that I loved to do. I loved to kind of dig to understand what was going wrong with my, with the, with people and understanding what was out of balance so that you could actually bring your health back instead of just taking a bunch of medications that never really jived with me. And that's what, that's what we as naturopathic doctors do is we really dig down to the source and kind of look at the person as a whole, instead of individual parts and really understand why is it not all working together? Well, what's, what's, what's going on that's causing these symptoms. <clears throat> so I kind of think of us as, you know, medical detectives, right? We're, we're really trying to dig in for that, that cause. Um, and so that just kind of led me down the path of, you know, uh, applying to naturopathic medical school and then going through naturopathic medical school and coming out the other side. And then mixed into that was the, the, also the self-motivation that was there because of the chronic headaches and migraines that I was suffering. So that's kind of what drove me to, you know, doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that you, you were originally focusing on, you were going to go into like your traditional doctor and then there's that naturopathic shift and God kind of guides us in those ways and those paths and through our own struggles, like with your migraines. Uh, so that is really, really cool to see. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your testimony? Um, how did you come to know God and uh, what is God currently doing in your life? Oh my gosh, so much. Um, so I, I've been raised as a Christian my whole life, <clears throat> but we've never really, we never really went to church. I remember going to Sunday school a little bit when I was younger, um, but my mom basically kind of almost self-taught everything and we moved around a lot. So we never had an established church. 
And I never really understood how important that was until just recently. You know, college, I would join local Bible studies and, and um, I was part of, uh, you know, part of a discipleship there uh, at the University of Washington, where I went to undergrad. And then um, during that period of time, particular group, and really kind of put me off of the idea of religion and in, in, in general and Christianity in particular. I still always followed God, um, but the idea of having to follow God under somebody else's direction was didn't sit right with me. And um, I kind of butted heads a little bit with the the organization I was in to the point where I was uninvited to the um, a missionary trip that we were planning for, and um, because I wouldn't follow their specific ideas of what that should look like. Um, which ultimately actually looking back on it comes down to money, right? They wanted, they wanted me to gather money in a certain way that I didn't feel right about. And, um, so anyway, long story short, that kind of, kind of pushed me away from wanting to kind of pursue the church. <clears throat> and I just wanted to have my own re relationship with Jesus. And so, um, I did, but as anybody who's tried that knows the community is so important, right? Because it's really yeah. easy when you're on your own to just kind of, eh, and then you become that lukewarm Christian, right? And so that's where I went through medical school. It was kind of that way. And, and then I started um, really feeling attacked by um, people who didn't follow my same beliefs. And, um, you know, I was over in Seattle and there's a lot of <clears throat> negativity against the Christian religion, um, at least in the, in the community that I was in and I was feeling that, um, and that actually, believe it or not, kind of pushed me more towards him and, you know, started standing up for, for him. And so that kind of brought me back to him closer and started exploring, you know, the Bible a little bit more and what it really meant and, and changing my idea of, cause I had kind of, kind of gotten away a little bit from Christianity per se. And I was more of like, well, there's little truth to Buddhism and there's a little truth to this and a little truth to that. And we can put it all together. And, and so I was getting, I can see now looking back, like I was really getting the, the waters muddied and, mm -hmm. you know, really kind of falling away from the, from the biblical teaching. So fast forward to, um, around 2018, <clears throat> this is where he really stepped up into my life in a major way. And he, I was scrolling through Facebook one day. I was becoming a little restless at the clinic that I was at. Um, they weren't, they were, there was just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of political things and stuff that I wasn't really enjoying anymore. And around that time, he pulled this random ad in, I never click on those things, right? But I clicked on this particular ad and within a day I was enrolled in this course that I paid thousands of dollars for, which is also very not like me, but I just felt so driven to do this. Like there's so much a purpose to this and I didn't even know why I was doing it, but I was like, okay, well, I just feel like this is something I have to do. And it was basically how to create <clears throat> an online um, course for a particular you know, illness or health coaching program or whatever. And so I was like, well, that'd be really interesting to learn how to do. And then maybe I can kind of start building my own thing and then moving away from the clinic and kind of doing something that I feel more called to do. And, um, that just kind of took me down the road that I am now where, you know, it brought back my love for helping women with chronic migraines where I had been and had, you know, felt very little help and very little hope because if you don't, if the medications don't work for you, you're kind of, 
there's not a lot of options, right? And so, um, so I always had a passion for treating the migraines. And so that kind of just, I stewed on that as I was building this course. And, and I, so I built it out towards women with migraines and, um, and then it just kind of went from there. And, you know, he, the more that he was showing me that this is the purpose that he has for me, the more I started growing closer to him and, and over the next couple of years, I mean, if you look at the timing with the COVID idea around it, right. I started mm-hmm. building this program in 2018. It was ready to launch about the end of 2019. So I went on a, on a big trip with my husband to Europe. <clears throat> we came back in December of 2019, January of 2020 is when COVID really kind of came to light. And then March is when everything shut down. And my first enrollment in my course was February of 2020. And from there, it just started to grow to the point where while everybody else was kind of floundering, I was able to actually quit my job and work from home during all the shutdowns. And it just watching how he had everything exactly in place timeline wise and, you know, everything to make sure that I was fulfilling my purpose. I was feeling, you know, just amazing and being able to live out what he had for me. Um, at the same time as just the amount of intense spiritual growth I had towards him during that time, because, you know, there's not a whole lot to do when you're stuck at home, right? I'm sure everybody remembers that feeling. And so for me, it was spent working on my program, helping my clients and reading the Bible. And so I just grew crazy close to him to the point where I then just felt I had to find a, um, a church and we found one, we found the perfect church for us. I mean, it feels like home, right? It's my second home. And I've been going there for close to two years. It'll be two years in October. Um, and just love the people there. And I mean, just, there are so many little things along the way, right. That he just kind of the, the lessons that he's taught and, all of the personal growth that happens when you start following the path he lays out for you and none of it's easy, but it's so rewarding. Right. And, um, yeah, I just, I am so thankful every day for, you know, the path that he's called me down and what he's having me do. Yeah. It's so true. God does not uh, make things easy for us. He does not. He absolutely (laughs) does not. Cause it was definitely not all roses and it definitely still is not all roses. Right. No, um yeah definitely i understand that um you've also battled you keep talking about like migraines and that kind of thing could you maybe go into a little bit more about your various health problems that you were that you were having that kind of led you to where you are sure yeah yeah so that started um basically when i was 16 i was rear-ended in a car accident and that kind of started um the health issues that i had i started getting pretty frequent headaches um, after that, and then those frequent headaches turned into everyday headaches. And then the intensity became more, and then I started experiencing migraine. And, um, so then basically I was battling either a pretty good headache every day or a migraine. Um, and that went on for about, I'd say a good, I think I was trying to figure out how long it went on for. And I think it was about 15 years that I calculated, um, And I, you know, I tried all kinds of stuff. I tried the medication options, nothing really worked. And I hated taking meds. I I almost would rather just, you know, go to bed and try to sleep it off as much as I could. And then just power through the rest of the time, taking a lot of over-the-counter stuff when I had to. And um, 
And so, you know, when you're going through something like that, you're, you're always thinking why, you know, and I remember turning to, to God and just saying, why are you doing this to me? You know, there's a lot of anger and frustration around that and feeling abandoned by him. And now looking back, I absolutely understand what he had for me in that, right? Like I had to go through all that to understand what, what my clients needed, Um, And so I couldn't be more thankful for that 15 years of misery looking back, but I sure was not thankful at the time, (laughs) but, um, but, you know, through that process, I've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, um, migraine. Those are my kind of my major diagnoses. And, you know, back in my late twenties, early thirties, I would have told you, I felt like I had those diagnoses, right? Like just extreme fatigue, joint pain, muscle pain. I kept telling everybody, I felt like I was 80 years old, rolling out of bed every morning. Like it took me probably 10 minutes to fully kind of get my mobility in the morning. And I was in my twenties, right? So something was very wrong and medications were obviously not the answer. I knew there was something else going on. And so it actually took me going through medical school. I mean, God gave me the strength to be able to, to make it through that with all those, that stuff going on. And you know, understanding how, how everything kind of fits together in the body and understanding that, you know, one diagnosis is very much involved with the other things that, that come in, right. The migraine, the fibromyalgia, the Hashimoto's, they all play a role in everything that I was experiencing. And so as I was continuing to kind of work on my own health and just really starting to understand how it all put together, how it all fit together, then I started feeling better. And um, I actually feel so much better now in my forties than I ever did in my twenties or thirties. So, you know, I, I try to use my story and my health battles as kind of a motivational thing for, cause you feel stuck in it, right? You yeah. feel like this is my life. I'm not getting out of it. Nothing I'm doing is helping, but it's just, you know, it's finding that right combination of things that need to happen for, for you as an individual. Not, it's not, my, my journey to healing is not going to be the same as somebody else. And so it's, it's figuring what that particular person needs. And I think that's where some of our current medical practices kind of fall short because it's, you know, you're kind of in this diagnostic box. And if you don't really fit the treatment modalities there, then you're outside the box and that's not really where they function as well. So um, so that's why I really love functional medicine and naturopathic medicine, because we're able, we, we work with the outside the box people, right. The ones that don't fit into that diagnostic criteria as well. And, and, um, and see a lot of success with it. Yeah. I, I understand the fibromyalgia thing. I I've been diagnosed with that and I've been told that's what they, the label they slap on people and they don't understand what's going on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've been dealing with that since I was like 18. I had two heart uh-huh. procedures done and uh, that, ever since then I've been dealing with a lot of that pain and they say it's it, the one doctor is not, not one of my family doctors or anything like that. He was treating for something else. He's like, Oh, you probably have a lot of scar tissue built up and it's cartilage that's scarred. He's like that pain meds are not going to reach that cartilage the same as they would muscles. So he says, that's probably what's going on with you. It's probably not five miles. That's probably what's going on. And he said, that's why you don't find meds help you much. I'm like, Mm -hmm. sure enough had to come from somebody who, who wasn't in that field. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so when you decided that you were going to go into naturopathic uh, medicine, instead of going into your traditional doctoral medicine, what was that? What was that change like for you? So that was totally another God thing. Um, <clears throat> so I did actually apply to 
a conventional, several conventional medical schools. And I was waitlisted to the university of Washington. And I remember thinking, because during my, in my, um, uh, interview for the university of Washington program, I remember distinctly them asking me about my faith and we had a little conversation about my beliefs and about, you know, um, how I would apply that in my practice as a doctor. <clears throat> and I remember leaving that and thinking at the time, why did I, why did I bring that up? Why did I have such an in-depth conversation about that? That's actually going to hurt me. I don't know if I got in, like, I felt mm -hmm. like everything had been going really well up until that point. And then I thought, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get accepted. And Anyway, then I, then I was, you know, I got the notification that I was waitlisted and then I ended up not making it in that year. So I would have to go through the entire process again, <clears throat> which means that I didn't get accepted into conventional medicine. And at the time I was, you know, really upset because that was my dream. But then a couple of years later, when I started the reapplication process is when I found out about naturopathic medicine and the whole process was ridiculously easy from start to finish that, you know, and it just you know, when, when he wants you down a certain path, he makes the path he wants you to go down pretty easy and pretty clear. And that's kind of where I felt it was. It was like the, the other one, you know, there was a lot of anxiety around it and a lot of fear and a lot of, you know, oh my gosh, this is my, my future. And, you know, a lot of that. And with the naturopathic application, there was, you know, I made this trip back out to Seattle and it just was an enjoyable time and there was no stress. I wasn't concerned or worried about that. The interview pro I mean, it was just a completely different experience. And, um, so, you know, I felt very clearly, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. And there was a reason that I brought up, you know, God and right. had that conversation and I wasn't accepted to convent that conventional, um, medical school. And I could not, I mean, I thank him every day for that. You know, I thank him so much that he brought me down the path of where I am now. Yeah. And God does, he pushes us in different ways. And he's like, I'm slamming this door shut in your face. And uh, yep. it's may maybe what you want, but that's not what I want. That's exactly uh, right. <laughs> How many times do we have to learn that lesson? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's where prayer and, and Bible reading comes in so much. It's just being able to have that communication with God and, and allow God to kind of guide you in those ways and trying to listen to what he has to say. Yeah. Because God will speak to you. <laughs> and it, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the prayers that I always try. I tell him what I want, but I always end it. Your will be done. And, you know, let me know that this is what you want and that I'm, you know, it's not always easy to actually accept it when it comes sometimes when you really have a vision of something different. And he's like, mm -mm, that's not, that's not it. Like, Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had that with, uh, I, I've had a few opportunities lately where it's like, okay, well, this looks like something that, that would be really, really good, and and I can do a lot of work for God, and then it just kind of fizzles out, and nothing happens with it, and I'm just like, okay. All right, well, <laughs> what else you got for me? <laughs> yep, <laughs> what's next? And uh, I was actually just at a praise and worship uh, thing held for a, a Bible camp that my kids are going to, um, but it was a fundraising for the Bible camp just this past weekend and uh afterwards when i heard them speak i'm like i just felt this push like you should go talk to them go talk to this guy and so i went and talked to one of the their head of their their board of directors and i'm like you know what i'd like to do some some focus on on your bible camp and giving the bible camp some time that they need and 
I'm like, I would like to just send me some audio testimonies, but I know I don't have time for interviews right now with a lot of them because I'm booked up solid. But I mean, send me some uh, some testimonies, and then we'll do interviews with like Ty Hunter. He's a big country singer actually around here. Um, we'll do an interview with him. I'll squeeze him in, and just the rest of them, I'll just post their their testimonies, and they can reach people and give you focus. And then afterwards, he's like, he's like, go talk to Ty. The, the, go, go talk to him. He's trying to start up an arts program for, for the Bible camp. Um, you'd probably be a perfect fit because I do music writing as well as make oh, jewelry. Nice. So he's like, you'd probably be a perfect fit. I think Ty would want to talk to you. So I'm like, okay. And so I went and talked to him. And now he's like, he's like, yeah, I'd like to get you involved with the Bible camp thing. He's like, I'm not sure if that'll happen this summer or next summer, but I'm, but my kid, my son was really excited about it because he's going to the Bible camp. Awesome. But I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, God just, presented something to me just like <laughs> that little nudge go talk to them <laughs> it's amazing how just the smallest thing you're like all right and then it leads to some big opportunities doesn't it i just yeah. love how he works that way yeah and i've learned to but just... it's never the ones that you expect right no never exactly. the ones you think are going to be amazing yeah <laughs> well and i just yeah. i've just learned that you know when you get that that little nudge to um you know reach out and olive branch yeah whether it's just shooting an email out and if some nothing happens with it then nothing happens with it It obviously wasn't what god wanted but if i feel a little nudge i'm like i'm going to pursue that and give god the opportunity to make that work (laughs) yeah um and life is definitely easier when you do follow the way god wants you to go it's so much easier (laughs) yeah there's still hurdles and challenges but uh a lot of those are blessings, like like you've discovered in, in the past. So they end up being blessings and just things that God's yeah. been like, you know, look back. And with all my own childhood trauma, I was molested twice as a child. And I had a lot of abandonment issues with my own mother. And it's just those experiences were hard for me for so many years. But I've come to the point now where I'm just like, I can help other people. Like, yeah. it, it gives me empathy. I, I can help other people with, with my own testimony, my experiences. And uh, uh, there's uh, another PTSD organization that's actually like, you know, you should be a speaker for us. Mm. I'm like, I never considered that. So we'll see if something happens with that. But I'm like, I yeah. never considered it. And, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I want to put you at the top of my list of speakers. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I guess God, yeah. if this is what you want, then I guess that's what I'll do. <laughs> um, so throughout your, your health journey, um, and how that kind of guided you into your, your naturopathic and now you're starting this business can you explain a little bit more about what you do in the business and and how that uh, how the impact you've seen on, on people through that sure yeah so um it's uh, the way that that it's kind of evolved is it's a kind of a 12 week kind of everybody goes through this same process right all of the building blocks to health. If you, if you've ever heard that term, kind of the, you know, the diet, the healthy diet, and what does that look like for specifically for somebody with migraines? Um, what does a healthy sleep pattern look like? What does stress management look like? What does, you know, hydration look like all, all in the lens of somebody with migraine. And so we kind of work on all the basics. A lot of people are fairly familiar with what they should be doing, but not exactly what that means and how that looks in the day-to-day. So we've kind of broken it down so that people actually can take just these small steps that are going to get them into those habits that they need to have established. Right. So everybody does that. And then 
there's the individual part because, you know, migraine is such an individual, um, condition. I don't like calling it a disease. It's, 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 I mean, some people, I guess do, it is classified as a disease, but it's, it's a condition where something's off in our body. Right. And so the symptoms that are experienced are migraine are, um, you know, the, the pain and the fatigue and everything that comes with that. That way, at least that I think of it. And, um, and so then as we're, as they're kind of going through the, the basics for the first 12 weeks, they're really starting to pay attention to what their body is telling them. So all of the symptoms, not just their migraine symptoms, but they're all of their symptoms, the constipation, the, the really heavy and painful periods, the trouble sleeping that they wake up in the middle of the night, all of the things that they're noticing, they're, they're starting to document. And then they're starting to look at those patterns. We look at the patterns with them, kind of evaluate their journaling so that we can kind of start picking out, all right, well, when we see somebody waking at 3 a.m. every morning, there's actually a handful of things that are kind of the big red flags that we want to rule out first, right? So we kind of run through down the list personally, you know, my team and I do, we run through that list of, all right, this, 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 and this can be causing that 3 a.m. wake up. Let's make sure that we take a look at this, this, and this, and then we kind of give that feedback back to the client. And then they start to kind of more specifically hone in on those specific areas. Yes, no, maybe, I don't know. And then, so we're constantly kind of narrowing things down and understanding how their body is working. We're doing comprehensive lab testing on them, um, salivary, urinary, and blood testing. So we're really getting a, a wide understanding of what their body biochemistry is doing, their nutrient deficiencies, things like that. And then we're also looking at those labs through a migraine lens. So part of the problem with, with chronic migraine is that there are a bunch of studies that show that the normal reference range for labs are not the same for somebody with migraine. Uh, a, A good example of that would be thyroid. They actually found that if they were in the lower end of normal range for their free T3, which is one of the thyroid measurements, then they actually had an increased correlation with, um, more frequent migraines and more intense migraines. So, you know, we can't just say, Oh, well, 2.0, that's a normal range. You're fine. Actually, it needs to be above 2.5 is what the research shows. So we need to make sure that we're addressing that even though it's a normal result, right? So we're looking at things differently with the research that we have. And then we're kind of building that individual plan in that second three months that we work with our clients. So the first is kind of, again, more observation and kind of working on the basics. And then the second three months is really, we've honed in where the major problem areas are for a particular person. And then we start working on those areas and kind of bringing them out. And we actually, with this process, we have about it for for those that by the time they're done working with us, we have an average of 91% reduction in their migraines. And these are women that struggle with 15 plus migraine days, 15 to 30 migraine days a month, right? So we're not talking about somebody that has one or two migraines. We're talking about more days than not, they have migraine pain. So, I mean, it's really, really effective, but it is work. I mean, we have to work to take care of our bodies. Um, I actually just recently started a Bible study around what the Bible says about our health and Um, you know, there's nothing in there that says that eating right, um, stress man, like any of that stuff is easy. It's all hard, right? Just take a look at Genesis, right? In this story after the fall, we have to work for our food. It's not supposed to be prepackaged sitting on the shelf. Like he told us you're going to have to struggle to eat from here until I come back, you know? So it's, it's just kind of reframing, you know, how much effort are we willing to put into our own health? 
and versus it's just a lot easier to open a package of whatever and eat that. Right. And I use, I use diet as a, as an example, because that's one of the easiest things that we can control. I should say simplest things, right? It's not always easy, especially with the busy life that we lead eating healthy, whole home cooked foods is not easy, but it's, it's a lot of times it's necessary in conditions like fibromyalgia and and migraine. So So we really, you know, do that kind of a combination of group work and individual work with them. And one of the things that I was a little leery about working with this kind of uh, medium, you know, doing everything virtual like this and in kind of a group setting, but then also an individual setting, I was familiar with the one-to-one individual stuff, but the group, I'm like, how is this going to work with migraine? And man, one of the, the best, you know, the, the things that I hear the most often from my clients that their favorite aspect or one of their favorite aspects of the program was the community, because they finally, for the first time in their journey on dealing with their migraine, they had other women who were going through the exact same thing. They could post a win that everybody else would be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And, you know, and then, but our community would be like, that is so freaking amazing. You know, we get super excited on just those little things and they've never had that before. So just being a part of that and everybody is so open and wanting to help each other. They're like that. That's one of their favorite things. And it's just so cool to see them kind of talking to each other and sharing the things that they've learned through the program with each other and with people that are just starting and, and, um, just that sense of camaraderie that, you know, comes together with being in a group of people that have experienced or are experiencing the same things that you are. So it's really great. And that's where I, I love the testimonies things because it's it, what one person may find doesn't reach them. The next person finds reaches them. And that's the exact kind of thing you're talking about with, with the health stuff. And with yeah. my own, with my own health journey, I definitely had a lot of migraines um, mm-hmm. and with my fibromyalgia and they're like, well, it's the pain you're going through with your ribs and all that and your muscles that's causing your migraines. And I'm just like, well, I, I just had to learn. I, I need to sleep properly. Um, I do wake up more tired usually than when I went to bed, but it takes me a bit to, to snap out of sleep, but uh, also drinking a lot. Like I've always, I've always got my water bottle with me um, yep. and uh, watching food labels. Like what I'm eating, I don't eat anything with MSG in it. Yeah. Uh, so I know that affects me um and fresh <laughs> fresh vegetables sadly i i can't do fresh vegetables i have to eat uh, vegetables but i make sure i get those vegetables in and uh we we always like everything for us is hand handmade unless it's like a chicken nugget meal or every once in a while we'll just pull up i mean nuggets. <laughs> we all have to do that every once in a while right i mean we still get to live yeah well and same with and dairy that's another thing yeah. i have to i have to avoid dairy up and pork um, every once in a while I'll have bacon and I just, then I'm always reminded of why I don't, why eat you bacon. don't do bacon <laughs> yeah, yeah. and exercise. That's another thing I've been, I've been really focusing lately on is, is getting out there and exercising and yeah. it has helped my migraines. Like I still, I still have a headache. Um, I still get headaches, but they're not as bad. Um, uh, and Tylenol, Tylenol is my friend. I take, yeah. I take that every morning to two Tylenols and, and sometimes in the afternoon, but, uh, you know, you do what you got to get through. And like you said, you just got to watch the different, different areas. And I've done a lot of that on my own because the doctors, well, traditional medicine doesn't, they don't really cover that stuff. So that's where I've, I've done a lot of research on my own. And I'm just like, okay, well, I got to do this. I've got to do this. And, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, they they there's nobody I want on my team. Like if I'm in an accident or something and they need to do surgery, like I want the best MD out there. But when it comes to chronic conditions, that's where I think functional medicine really shines because we we do kind of step outside that box. And and it's great like if you have a condition and the medication is working to control it for you, fantastic. But then there's, you know, the other 50% of the population where that's not the case. And that's kind of where functional medicine can really step in and kind of help kind of figure things out so that you're doing the right things for your particular body. Yeah. And for me, I'm very sensitive to most medications. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of medications, it's like, if there's a side effect you're going to get, that's extremely rare. Yeah. This guy, this guy's going to get it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And for me, if I take, if I come even close to taking like a a normal dose, man, way, way, way too much for my body. Like I can start with a quarter of a dose that's recommended and have, you know, like that's, that's a good place for me to start. I, it's ridiculous how sensitive I am to meds too. And And I find that that's actually very, very common in people with migraine specifically, cause that's, you know, my, my, my population, um, I would say nine times out of 10, that's the response that I hear. I can't take meds because they give me such weird side effects or, you know, I don't respond well at all because it's like, I feel overdosed on stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I think our bodies are just wired in a way where we're not detoxing those medications properly. Yeah. Well, and then for me too, like when my body does slowly adjust to a medication, it'll work for six months. And then yep, it and just it stops. stops. Yep. And that's, I ended up over, over overdosing on morphine um, oh. about a year back. Um, Cause I just, I was taking it and I'm like, well, that's not, not helping. It's not doing anything. I'm like, my body's just adjusted to it. So I took more and then it took mm. a little bit more. And then next thing I know, I'm passed out on the couch. My wife is, uh, there's an ambulance there. My wife is, has, oh. um, they thought I was trying to commit suicide. I'm like, no, I was just trying to stop the pain and it didn't oh, go away. And yeah. uh, but they're like, well, you emptied the bottle. I'm like, that's because there was only a s- small amount of pills left. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but oh. uh, so I, I don't take morphine or any of that kind of stuff anymore. Um, I'm just like, I'm opioids. So I just, yeah, know. probably a smart decision. Yeah. If, if I overdosed on it once, I'm not risking that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's, I respect a lot of what, a lot of what you do there just because of my own experiences with that. And that's why I was kind of interested to, to, when, when you came up on my interview list, I'm like, that is really cool because I said that I, I, I think I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> get a lot out of this. Um, so what advice would you have for someone who's out there battling migraines right now and doctors aren't, aren't able to help them? Yeah. Well, one of the the first things that I would say is see if you have a functional medicine or naturopathic doctor in your area, if you haven't explored that option yet, um, you know, in a lot of cases, you don't have to have a specialist. You can, you know, we're not given any extra training in headaches or anything like that. But since we do approach things from from a different approach, uh, as far as all the systems together, they're going to do a thorough intake of all of your lab work. And they're going to look at it through optimal. It might not be optimal for migraine, but they're going to make sure that your iron level and your magnesium and your calcium and, you know, all of those things are in that optimal range. They're going to be taking a full look at your hormones and making sure those are in optimal ranges, right? They're going to be looking at not just normal, but optimal. And so just working on kind of getting those imbalances back in place can make huge strides towards feeling a whole heck of a lot better. 
Um, one very, very common thing that I see with uh, the migraine population and fibromyalgia, I find a, a huge um, link between fibromyalgia and migraine, right? A lot of us that have migraines also have a fibromyalgia diagnosis, or if we are not officially diagnosed, we could be very easily, right? Yeah. And um, both of those conditions, we see a, pa a common pattern of low cortisol levels. So this is something that I like everybody that is listening or that follows me understanding how to properly test cortisol and what that means for them and their body. So do I have a minute to kind of expound yeah. on this a bit? Okay. So cortisol is our stress hormone. It's our, also our natural awake hormone, right? So first thing in the morning, when we get up, we should have a spike that kind of ideally we jump out of bed and we're ready for the day. Right. But as we get older and, or as we've been under a lot of stress, we stop feeling that way. Like if you, my seven-year-old he'll wake up, he'll open his eyes and he'll be like, hi mommy, let's go play. And he jumps out of bed and runs downstairs. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need my coffee first. <laughs> and so, but that is how we're designed to be made. Even as adults, we should be ready to go and about our day. Well, what ends up happening? We live such high stress lives and we're go, go, go. We're super busy all the time. And let me tell you, even if you don't feel like you're stressed or that you live a particularly stressful life, we do, right? It's just that maybe we don't acknowledge that stress and what that looks like in ourselves. That was me. It still is me. I still struggle to realize when I'm overdoing stuff until I'm like so exhausted that I can't do anything. I'm like, oh, I probably should have paid a little more attention to that. But so what ends up happening is, you know, when our cortisols, when our adrenals, which make cortisol stop producing the cortisol and the amount that makes us feel good, it's enough to keep us in normal range, according to conventional medicine lab numbers. But functionally speaking, we no longer get that pretty spike in the morning. So we're dragging out of bed for a couple of hours. And a lot of people that wake up with those migraines can be from that cortisol deficiency. And then as they're kind of going through the day, they're just always tired. And this was me up until I recognize and address this, just, you know, that bone weariness that you feel that you just, you, you, you do what you have to do and the minimum you have to do because you have zero energy past that. Right. I've heard it called, you know, spoons. You only have so many spoons. That's the same idea is that you have only so much that you can do. And then you're, you're out, you're done for the day. Yeah. And so when we functionally test what your cortisol looks like, and this is either through saliva or through urine, <clears throat> that gives us an idea of what your cortisol level is doing throughout the day. And nine times out of 10, you'll either be in a phase two or a phase three adrenal fatigue essentially, um, is where your, your adrenals are no longer putting out the amount of cortisol that you need to feel good just through the day. And we also know that cortisol drops are associated with migraine triggers. So when we're having low cortisol levels, we're, we oftentimes will have, we become much more sensitive to pain. We have no energy, um, you know, all kinds of different things start happening in our body. And so having that screened for properly is very important. So it's not just a blood test in the morning because nine times out of 10, that'll come back within the normal range. We're talking about through the day, functional testing, either via urine or saliva. 
and looking for what is that curve doing? Are you spiking in the morning and then dropping through the day and then kind of tailing off at the end, which is what we should be doing? Or are you kind of flatlined all day long, which is a major problem for all of the things that we've talked about today? So it's really important to assess that in a chronic migraine picture. That's one of the first things that I want to take a look at is what's going on from that perspective. Because like I said, that's a huge underlying factor. And I'd say probably at least 50% of my clients have that phase three, like flatlined look. And there are things that you can do some medications and stuff that can actually help. And, you know, in a couple of examples that I have with my clients, literally the day they started taking that medication, which is basically extra cortisol, right? It's the medication version of cortisol. Um, they stopped having migraines. They were having daily migraines. The day they started the prescription, migraines went away. They've been migraine-free ever since, right? So it can have that profound of an effect. It, that's, not the, that's not the majority of cases, but it can, right? So, um, so that's one thing that I always like people to be aware of. And, to, and again, if you go to your, to your MD, most of the time they're just going to do a morning blood draw. And that's usually, unless you're frankly in a disease state where you're, you have a disease that you don't have enough cortisol that could potentially kill you, then, then they will say, you're fine. Like your cortisol level is fine. It's not that well, we need to actually look at it through that functional testing, which is looking at how your cortisol is available to your tissues, to the body itself. And that's done through either urine or saliva, how your body is utilizing it. So um, so that's probably one of the biggest things that I like to talk about. And there's a couple of day-to-day -day things. Like a lot of people don't realize how important, um, drinking electrolytes are. They know hydration is important and drinking enough water, but <clears throat> we can actually drink too much water through the day. And then that dilutes our electrolytes, which causes imbalances in how our cells are able to work and how our nerves conduct their impulses. And so I usually like to say at least 24 ounces of an electrolyte drink um, for every, you know, for every, say, 50 ounces of water you drink. So half of them should be electrolytes and then half of them should be, you know, just regular water, uh, especially as summer is approaching and we start sweating more. And if you're more active, you know, those kinds of things. So. Um, so that's something that I think is also really, really important and can make a huge difference in people, just generally speaking. Um, and then the third little tid, tidbit that I'll give is that sugar. So sugar is, I was just telling my husband, I bought some organic salsa the other day. Cause I just wanted to give it a try and I didn't closely read the label my fault, <clears throat> but it had ad added sugar in it. So I take a bite and I'm like, ah, like, why does this taste so sweet? And I looked at it and sure enough, like the fourth ingredient was sugar. So they put sugar in everything now and That's we so should not. Yeah. We should not be getting any more than 24 grams of added sugar a day, period. Nobody should. And if you look at like a serving of yogurt, you've hit your added sugar for the day, right? And how many people start their morning with yogurt and granola or something, right? You're getting like 30 to 35 grams of sugar in your yogurt and granola combination. And you think that you're eating healthy, which you're trying to. But again, we just eat too much, uh, too much sugar. And I, even me, so what I like to do is I like to have my clients track they don't change anything when they first get started. They just track how much sugar are you eating a day? Even if you think you're eating no, like very low sugar. And they're like, I can't believe I'm getting 60 grams a day. Like I thought I was doing so good. Cause I'm not eating the cookies and the cake. And I try to make everything, you know, from scratch and just because they sneak it in. And unless you're super on guard, like I do that, I do kind of a, an audit 
you know, every once in a while, how much sugar am I eating? And it surprises me. I'm often over that 25 milligram or that 25 grams and I am hyper aware of it. Right. So it's super easy for it to just sneak in, you know, two little small cookies. They tend to be like your limit for the day. And then you can't have anything besides vegetables and meat for the rest of the day. Right. Because otherwise you're getting more sugar. So, and I, don't, I mean, that's not really how we do it, but you know, if you think about it that way. So I just really like people to not, even if you think that you're eating super healthy, super low sugar, you're really aware of it. Just every once in a while track how much sugar you ate through the day, um, you know, based on your serving size and what you're eating and just make sure you are under that 24 milligrams. And I think that you'd be really surprised at how often you're eating more of it than you thought you were because of how much they put in to the foods that we eat. So there you go. A lot of little tidbits for you. Hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. Hopefully it helps somebody. Um, I know I have friends who have migraines too, so it's something that uh, they can look into. So thank you for coming on and for sharing with us. Uh, It's been, it's been great. It's very educational and enlightening uh, even for my own self. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, So thank you again. Uh, You're welcome back on anytime. Absolutely. Thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Equal Explorations podcast. Today we have been just speaking with Dr. Tanya Painter about her journey with uh, some health struggles and how that has kind of guided her life and how God has used these to uh, help her help other people. Uh, We've also discussed her switch from being a regular doctor to being a naturopathic doctor uh, and what that change has been like. Well, I have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show and I'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh, for the Lord right now. Uh, If I haven't got back to you, I promise I will get back to you. Uh, I look forward to to speaking with each of you and interviewing you and uh, keep tuning into the show. There's lots of, of new people that are coming on here and if you're considering wanting to to come on the show uh just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com and uh, i will get back to you